Okay, the thing's going. <laughs> <laughs> that just made me so nervous. I know. The light is on. It's watching us. Um, but we should probably get started. But how do you start the first episode of a podcast that hasn't existed, that's a little hard to describe, and we are not famous in any way or identifiable? You're right, and we haven't bought our jingle yet, so... <laughs> we have no resources. I think we should just introduce ourselves and just bite the bullet and get started. <laughs> so, I'm Nikita. Mm-hmm. I'm Maddie. And this podcast is called We Hate That. And We Hate That is basically just the podcast equivalent of a wine night with us, um, learning about different concepts that sort of affect people negatively, particularly women, um, but they can be constructs, concepts, just things Mm -hmm. in society. Things that impact you a lot, but you don't learn in school. You learn chatting with your girlfriends who are woke about the different issues that people face, in particular that women face, that men are not um, subsected to as much. Yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of the vibe that we're going for. So... That's a little bit about the podcast, but just to get started with what we're talking about today, today we want to tell you about why we We hate gaslighting. gaslighting. So in terms of where I first heard about gaslighting, it actually rarely, given our topics, I did learn about it in school, but it's because I had a very woke health class in high school in Portland, and they taught us all about gaslighting. Um, Manny, how did you learn about it? Yeah, I was thinking about this, and it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly where I learned it. Definitely not until college at the earliest, and probably learned it from one of my friends. I'm attributing it to my very socially aware roommate, Ashley. I'm pretty sure she taught me about it, but um, took me a while. See, that's great. I mean, that's exactly why we're doing this, is because some of these concepts you just learn from girlfriends who are able to tell you a bit more about it, and then they stay with you forever, and you're able to identify these things in your life. So that's what we're kind of hoping to do here. Um, But as you can tell from our explanation of how we learned about gaslighting, we are not experts in any way. So in order to kind of prepare for this today, we took a look at a little bit of research, and someone who a lot of these concepts you're going to hear about are from is a wonderful woman named Dr. Robin Stern. Um, she's the associate director at the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. She's also a psychoanalyst, so she works with patients of her own. And she also quite literally wrote the book on gaslighting. Um, so we did a lot of research uh, on her knowledge, but we also just want to let you guys know we're not doctors. We don't have sort of any medical stuff to back what we're saying here. We're just trying to share out the knowledge that we've learned as well. Um, so that's sort of our... Big um, disclaimer. (laughs) But with that said, Maddie, could you define it? (laughs) Yeah, so we thought about it for a bit and looking at what's available online and from our own experiences, we really feel like gaslighting is when someone, one person, denies the facts of the past or of their actions to make the victim really doubt themselves or doubt reality. That's such a perfect way to put it and like in terms of why it's called that like gaslighting is obviously a really weird name um but basically it comes from a play that was then later a movie um and in the movie it's all about a husband manipulating his wife into distrusting sort of her own sense of reality and in a really pivotal scene in the movie where that 
actual name comes from. Um, he goes up into the attic, really old house, and kind of messes with the gas lights in the whole home and, and causes them to flicker. And then when the wife brings up that the gas lights were flickering, the husband denies it, obviously making her question her sanity. So that's sort of why we call it gaslighting even today. Yeah, and I never knew that, so that's really cool to know. But I feel like we can always define gaslighting, but it's really helpful to be colored by examples. Um, it's the best way to learn about it and identify it. So one of the sort of textbook examples of gaslighting is if someone were to tell you every day, 10 times a day, that the sky was green. You know, for the first time, the first few days, you may really hold your resolve and say, uh, no, I'm pretty sure the sky is blue or just laugh it off or ignore it. But after a while, you get beaten down with the the sky is green, the sky is green, the sky is green. You start to doubt yourself and say, I don't even know what color the sky is anymore. This person's so confident that the sky is green. It's an example of manipulating the recipient's reality of what's around them. That's crazy because in that example for instance it's just something that everyone knows it's the most basic fact of life that you learn when you're like a right. baby <laughs> but that's how strong gaslighting is that it can just make you question things so I really liked your example because it was about someone telling you something and I think often these things can be pretty verbal but I also wanted to give an example that I learned about in health class um, where they can actually also be actions um, so the example that we were given is you go to a mall um, with your husband and you're shopping around and husband says, oh, I need to run to the bathroom or I need to run to the store or like whatever he might say. He, he finds some reason to break off from you and he goes out to where you two mutually parked the car together and he moves it to the other side of the mall. So like you were just in front of Forever 21, now you're in front of like Shake Shack. And um, then once the shopping's all done for the day, like husband comes back to, to you and says like, oh, let's, let's go back to the car. You start walking towards Forever 21 where you know the car is. And he says, oh, I don't, I don't think it's that way. You're like, oh no, it definitely is that way. You go outside. You can't find your car. He lets you walk around for 45 minutes and your car is nowhere to be found. And then eventually he says, come on, silly. You know that we parked in front of Shake Shack. Walk over to Shake Shack. Indeed, there's your car. And now you're feeling like you need to rely on that person for even something as basic as finding your car at the mall. Like, that is a huge reality shake because, you know, you, it just really makes you feel like you're questioning yourself. So we wanted to give you guys, like, a couple of examples there and let you know, like, why people do it. So the next thing that we wanted to talk about now that we've determined, like, what it is is why it's bad, why it deserves to be on that, this podcast, like why it's bad for people, why it's bad for women in particular. Um, the intention is basically for this person to have power over the person that they're gaslighting. Oftentimes the reason that they're doing that is because they have problems. They have something going on with themselves. So doing these gaslighting acts eases their anxiety and their need for power and control, all the while kind of breaking down the person that they're gaslighting. Yeah, and these few examples have also been like very deliberate acts of manipulation and are also focused around romantic partners, but gaslighting can happen at work with your boss, with your friends, with your parents, with your siblings. And I I was thinking I haven't really been gaslit in a relationship before, in a romantic relationship, not to this kind of extent that we're talking about, but I was thinking probably the most I've ever been gaslit is when I was teaching English in Taiwan 
because my Chinese wasn't very good, their English wasn't very good, and I got gaslit all the time. So, <laughs> so even by eight-year-olds, like just oh, anyone God. who had a better grasp at Chinese than I did could gaslight me into believing that, oh, I thought we were eating fish at lunch today. No, we were never eating fish. Oh, but we've eaten fish every Friday. Well, this, no, that's not true. Or, oh, oh this class got canceled. Did we told you that. No, you never told me that. But because neither of us had the language skills necessary to clear up any confusion, the default was just for the people I was working with or teaching to just tell me that I was wrong. And so it was little examples like that that would happen just every single day because of a language barrier, which is just kind of funny, but it's a different example of how gaslighting can occur. It's totally a different example because it's also like, it seems very unintentional on their side as well. Like they were probably yeah. trying to clear up confusion. And for them, the easiest was kind of just to lie to you. Yeah. And be like, no, it was never the case. But then it had that effect on you of like, after a long time of this, I would imagine that you're like, am I going crazy? Like, what's <laughs> going on? Um, so that's exactly how gaslighting works. That was a great example. And like, I love your point about how it's not necessarily just in romantic relationships. It's very true. It could be anyone. Um, so another reason why it's bad and why we think it deserves to be on this podcast is also because... Um, it affects women in particular. Dr. Robin, who I mentioned earlier, noticed when she was with many, many patients, like hundreds that she's worked with uh, around gaslighting in particular, almost all the perpetrators were men and the victims were women. That's not to say that it cannot ha happen in the opposite direction. Of course it can. Um, but typically one of the reasons why women fall victim to this more so than men is because women are already primed to doubt ourselves in society and apologize for upsetting people. Like even just something like walking on the sidewalk, how many times we're the ones that move out of the way, we're the ones that make ourselves smaller. It's just like we, we very much are kind of primed for it. And then the last reason why it's so bad and why we wanted to talk about it is because it just works. Like it really breaks a person down and it really makes them question themselves. And it's kind of timeless. I mean, we talked about the play that it came from. That was from the early 1900s. And here we are today, even in the woke society that we live in right now. I mean, woke in air quotes, like we have some problems for sure. <laughs> but we're woker than we ever have been, I hope. Um, however, it still works. And some evidence of that is that it worked on none other than this season's Bachelorette. So we're pretty big Bachelor <laughs> fans. Like, watch the show, follow the subreddit, really heavily involved in the culture of the Bachelorette. Um, so if you watch this year's uh, season with Hannah Brown, beautiful lady, had a lot of strange characters on her show. Uh, most controversial would probably be Luke P. So if you haven't seen it, Luke P was sort of the season's villain archetype this year. And time and time again on this season of the show, we saw Luke say something to Hannah and then later just change his tune constantly. And she was unable to identify it, but many of the other men in the cast were very aware and would point it out and would say things to Luke and say things to Hannah, but it just never quite clicked. But, you know, it's a really bold strategy for someone who knows that everything they're saying is being recorded and put on film to really attempt gaslighting. That is 
That is a choice. That is a choice. (laughs) So there are, of course, countless examples, but probably the moment that's the best example is when we saw him go down in flames and ultimately get kicked off the show. Like, I don't believe that's something that you should be doing. And I just want to make sure you're not going to be, you know, sexually intimate with, you know, the other relationships here. Okay. Like, I totally have all the trust in the world for you. But at the same time, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Like, if I, I mean, if I, if you told me you're having sex or you had sex with one or multiple of these guys, I'd be wanting to go home. Okay, the statement that we just saw Luke made, pretty bold, pretty definitive, <laughs> very much like, if this happened, I'm doing this. Um, what he said itself is very problematic, but unfortunately that is just a whole topic for a different day. <laughs> Point being, he was like, this is, this is how it is. But later, we see him show up to the rose ceremony. So for those of you who maybe don't watch The Bachelorette, like, he has been dumped at this point. She sent him home after that train wreck of a conversation. And she is at the rose ceremony trying to decide who she wants out of the remaining men. Luke is no longer in the picture. But he shows up anyway. Just another sign of how emotionally healthy he is. And comes ahead and refutes the things that he already said on recorded TV. And here's what that sounds like. And you totally didn't understand what I was trying to tell you the other night. I'll, I'll, I'll let everybody know what you said the other night, because you literally asked me, did you have sex, if you've had sex with anybody here, and... You're such a joke, bro. Because if you've had sex with somebody here, gone into a fantasy suite with somebody here, then I would remove myself from here and go home. But I know you wouldn't do that. I didn't say that yeah, word for word. I, you absolutely did. I don't want to be misunderstood, and that'd be the reason why I leave. Because I, I know deep down, after everything you told me throughout this whole process, I still know for a fact that you still have feelings for me. So it's really obvious to see this is a great example of gaslighting, especially when it's been recorded and we put these clips next to each other. <laughs> and you can really starkly see the contrast between what he said one day and then what he said immediately the next day. And it's great. I'm as unfortunate as it was that Hannah had to deal with it. It's a great example for all of us to see play out on TV on a very popular show because we as observers of the show can look at it, identify, say that's wrong and, you know, encourage Hannah to leave that relationship or hope for the best and hope that she can get out of it. But, you know, we as average citizens don't have our daily actions recorded, filmed, taped. So it's, much harder and how can we identify gaslighting happening in our own life without a recorded record and stay confident in believing what you know to be the truth i think that's such a good point like it's just so easy to see something from the outside like many other situations in life but i think gaslighting is is a huge one um so i think here are some things that we think that you can do about it and that's ultimately how we always want to sort of culminate every topic we talk about is like It's great to know that we hate something and define it, but we're really not here to be negative, even though, you know, our podcast is called We Hate That. (laughs) But we only hate that because it does bad things to people's lives. So we want, like, always for there to be a little bit of, like, a positive or useful twist and understand, like, okay, what can we do about it? So in this case, 
Um, the first step that you obviously need to do is to figure out if you're being gaslit or, or help someone else in your life identify that they're being gaslit. So some common things that people who are gaslighting you may say to you are things, you know, and this is repetitively, like you're just being paranoid or I was just kidding or nobody believes you, why should I? That's a pretty big one because it also calls into question how you're perceived by other people as well. So that really helps break you down. Mm -hmm. And other things you may hear can already play into your own insecurities or things you already know about yourself, like saying, you're so sensitive or you're overreacting or you're always so dramatic. Like I've definitely gotten those in my life from people and they're playing off of things that are kind of true so using that against me is also a form of gaslighting and playing into something that they know I'll absorb totally even more manipulative Mm -hmm. so of course the first step of gaslighting figure out if it's happening to you then the next step is what can you do to combat it to remove yourself from the situation things like that. So one thing you could do is really sit down and identify the patterns that are happening and determine what you know to be true. So we can't refer back to taped sessions of our lives or our dates like we can on The Bachelor, but you can try journaling to create your own record or talk to close friends who have witnessed your dynamic or the dynamic in question to see if you've changed. Like, For me, I don't love journaling. That's not the way I process best. I call my friends my verbal journals. (laughs) (laughs) I can vouch. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'll talk about a different situation I'm experiencing with three, four, five friends. And by the time I go to write it down, I feel like this is all very redundant. I've already sort of processed through every situation. So that can be a good way to identify different patterns through some reflection to figure out what's the truth of the situation um another sort of tip is to be okay with walking away or putting some serious distance or boundaries there so you have to remember that you we're talking about possibly ending things or putting space between you and your boyfriend girlfriend partner best friend mom brother sister and it's important to cut out toxicity uh even when someone is really close to you Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. And then like another thing that we think that you really do need to be prepared for along this process is conflicting opinions. Because even though some of your friends will completely understand your reasons for walking away from a given relationship, and in fact might even be the one encouraging you to do so, like Maddie mentioned, like she turns to her friends sometimes um, and could use them as that reality check. However, not everyone might necessarily be on board because The person who was gaslighting you is, in essence, a master manipulator and therefore could also have tricked a lot of the people around you um, to perceive things a certain way. I mean, they've been tricking you for all this time and you're so close. So one thing that just really sucks and hurts is that you might have to walk away feeling and being seen by some as sort of the cause of the breakup, the cause, you know, they won't be able to necessarily see your hurt and sometimes walking away from toxicity is worth it. So it's, it's not always fun, but we do want to let you know that that is a possibility. And then the other thing that goes hand in hand with that, though, is just being really, really kind to yourself. Because we all know that breakups or ending any sort of relationship that's very close to you is hard enough 
for anyone, even in the most optimal of situations where it's really mutual and everyone's like happy about it, like, cause that happens so often. Um, but even in the best of situations, it's hard. Um, however, when those situations involve walking away from a gaslighter, the whole point is that they have broken you down to a state of questioning yourself, questioning your reality, which makes it even harder to have the strength to like cope with that loss. Um, so just understand that you're in a vulnerable state. They've put you in a vulnerable state and that's why you're walking away in the first place. So just be really compassionate to yourself. Like, you know, however you would want to be treated and how you would treat a friend in the same situation. So that's sort of our packaged up info about gaslighting. The one little caveat that we (laughs) wanted to make sure that we put in there is we have taught you all about it and now you are like a gaslighting warrior. You are like, tooled up you have all the tools in your kit and it might be common that now over the next like week or so you might be like there's a gaslighter there's a gaslighter (laughs) like he's gaslighting me not every fight necessarily is going to involve gaslighting and not every disagreement is going to be like fueled with that fire some disagreements are just disagreements and not everybody's a gaslighter but we're hoping that we like equipped you with the necessary tools to identify the pattern if it exists Mm -hmm. like i just feel like that can be it happens to me. When I learn about something, someone's like, <laughs> that's what a duck looks like. Anything with wings. I see a fly, I'm like, it's a duck. I like see a chicken, I'm like, it's a duck. And we don't want you to do that with gaslighting because like, we shouldn't be going around accusing everyone of being a gaslighter. No. And it's something to, you know, if you really need to put the knowledge to use, maybe teach one of your friends about what gaslighting is and help them identify it. But again, just... Um, it's not something you want to frivolously accuse people of. Not that you would. Not that you are. <laughs> so that's it. This was our first show. This is really exciting for us. And we would love to get your feedback and hear what you think. So feel free to reach out to us through any of our channels. We have an email, uh, which is we hate that podcast at gmail.com. Insta is we hate that podcast. Twitter is we hate that pod. Thanks for the character limit, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> So give us any of your thoughts on this format or this show. We'd we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to hear about what you hate and what you'd like us to talk about because odds are that we hate it too. So we're <laughs> happy to dive in for that. Um, so we are signing off for today, but always remember, we, we hate, hate that, that, but we, we love, love you. you. <laughs>